There are no such things as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Step into the greatest version of yourself because what you do matters. Shift your narrative. You're listening to Opportunity Makers, where entrepreneurs come to take their purpose-driven business to the next level. Here's your host, Jim Padilla. Hey, Opportunity Makers, welcome back to the podcast. You know, in today's digital age, everything, everything is about technology. And the world is trying to replace the human side of things as fast as possible. Um, AI is coming on strong. Technology is robotics, um, bots everywhere. And it makes you feel like, you know, the human doesn't have the value, you know, even though God says otherwise. And I'm a firm believer that technology should always enhance humanity, not replace it. And, uh, you know, uh, today's uh, guest got a great interview for you, um, you know, with a, with a, with a rock star named Rick Elmore, who uh, played, you know, college and pro sports, jumped into an opportunity and, and he's gonna, you know, we're going to talk about his product. And um, I think it's something that you should take advantage of and check out because uh, it's something that helps just keep a little thread of humanity, just a touch in your business and what you're doing. But really, you know, in the opportunity maker side of things, I'm always wanting you to see where's the place you can lean in. Where can you go on offense? Where can you take that chance to jump in to solve that problem? Be a difference maker because that's what opportunity makers do, right? Um, and, you know, Rick's going to talk about there's some key components in here that that we'll unpack. And, and we I will unpack it in, in our subsequent episode. We're going to we're going to talk about this piece deeper. We're going to talk about the human side of technology and how they dance together and how they enhance you in your business and scaling and taking advantage of opportunities. Um, but you're going to see in this particular in this particular conversation, we're going to be talking about just really finding the need and jumping in and taking a chance and not having to be the expert of all the things around the solution, just understanding how to pull the right resources and people together to deliver the solution for the marketplace. Because what you do matters and you deserve to be paid well for it. And you can't get paid well for it if you can't get found. So make sure you're leaning in so that you can become that opportunity maker, step in and draw the crowd say, hey, I'm here. I've got the cure for what ails you right? Because that's what we do here at Gain the Edge. We focus on entrepreneurs that are scaling, that are very much exponential thinking, that want great outcomes and want to step in and make a massive difference and deliver in the calling that that uh, you have been put in place to be able to deliver for the people who, who you serve. And we help monetize that for you. We build scaling. We, we help you scale your mission with sales teams and sales strategies and sales events. And uh, I'd love the opportunity to be able to help you. So make sure you check us out in the notes. There's in the show notes, there's there's links and resources for you to be able to reach out, talk to us and see how we might be able to help if that's something of interest and um, enjoy the episode and, and enjoy the conversation because we have a lot more coming. Give us some feedback. Let us know how this works for you. What kind of questions you have, what you're what you're taking away from this and what kind of uh, what kind of content you would like to see uh, in the Opportunity Makers podcast. Right. We'll talk soon. Why don't we just get started with, uh, you know, telling people about you. I guess give a quick synopsis of your, you know, your journey. Uh, who's Rick? Sure. Yeah. Well, my background's in uh, professional uh, sports and college athletics. Uh, um, 
grew up playing football, was fortunate to find a knack for it after a few years. Uh, I wouldn't say I was super good at it early on, but uh, got recruited, played at the University of Arizona, was a three-year starter under Mike Stoops, um, had a good career there, was drafted into the NFL in 2011, um, got to live out my childhood dream, played for just over three seasons, bounced around as a journeyman, um, you know, like a lot of the guys there. But when I got done, I made the transition to corporate medical sales like a lot of the guys do. Still had that drive, that fire, that passion, wanted to do something very rewarding, highly competitive um, that allowed me to use all the skills that I developed um, as an athlete over almost two decades. But um, yeah, in 2017, you know, after being in medical device sales for almost six years, I was a rookie of the year my, my first year and then was either top 1% or top five rep in the company for the last six or five and a half years. Just there was an itch I couldn't scratch. So I went back and did my MBA. I still have a couple uh, classes left, but um, uh, started a company uh, based off a lecture that I was in, kind of had a, a light bulb moment when I was sitting in a lecture. So, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about my background. Awesome. Um, you know, and that is a common trend, right? Uh, one, of, I'm, I'm always very attracted to athletes. I played junior college baseball um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love working with athletes because they have an innate understanding yep. of high volumes of preparation yep. Yep. or small amounts of effort. You know, you're yeah. football, you're going to practice for 25 hours a week to play for seven <laughs> minutes. <in> time, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Insane, insane amount of film, insane amount of practice, gym, classroom, taking care of your body just to go get, you know, 40 or 50 snaps if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Right. So totally understand that. How, how does that, translate in your world uh, to business? How do you see that benefiting you as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm a father now. Um, I would, I'm coaching my son in football now. I would advise anybody out there who has kids to allow them to play sports because you start at an early age developing skills that you're going to use for the rest of your life. Um, you learn how to be a good teammate, a good friend, to work hard, to work through bumps and bruises, persevere, um, plan, prepare, compete, right? All these things that if you can develop early on, those transferable skills are massively, massively valuable to anything that you're going to do in life. And that's really what's made me successful is just taking what I developed over my my athletic career and applied it to everything else that I, I was doing. I, I would not say I'm a good, the greatest salesman. Um, I would not, you know, I'm, I started a tech software industrial uh, industrial automation company with no experience, but what has allowed me to excel is just having an, an innate and massive amount of drive, competitiveness, um, understanding how to overcome obstacles, you know, break through barriers, persevere. And that's what's really allowed me to, you know, be successful in my career, in my life after sport. Amen. Yeah, I it is so resonate with that. And I, and I recommend that for everybody. If you're thinking about, you know, um, not like you need to have a, you know, it's not like discriminate against anybody else, but. Uh, you know, learn to have a bias for people who understand the power of preparation, the mm -hmm. power of having to sacrifice to get something on the back end. And, and mm -hmm. in today's climate, it's so it's not even rewarded anymore. It's like you no. know, competition's not not honored. Uh, hard work isn't honored. Everybody thinks it should just be ease and grace and peace and love. Yeah. I've never seen it work that way. Yeah, my uh, when I went to the University of Arizona, I actually redshirted, so I was the dummy for the first year. You know, the guy on the practice team, basically, and I really didn't have like real success um, until like really good success until my redshirt junior year. So, 
um what was that year three you know so like I went through a lot, <laughs> a lot of, you know hard times just to get to some success you know and I I mean I think that's just a great metaphor for life and a lot of people want things now and I you know I'm a I'm a consumer of content I go on YouTube I do courses all the time but it's really hard nowadays because everybody makes it seem like it should be easy. Like, oh, I made you know $100,000 in the first three months of launching my business. They want to be a guru. But really what you have to be good at is understanding how to filter out all that noise. Um, if that's true, it's an anomaly. Um, success comes over time. There's a reason, you know, at least 10 years ago, they talked about the 10,000 hour rule. You don't become a professional in something until you've been doing it for 10,000 hours. Um, you have to be really disciplined. You have to have really good filters to understand that there's a lot of noise out there telling you um, it should be easier than it is. It, it shouldn't, it should be hard. If, if it is hard, you're, you're, you're growing, you're learning, you're, you're, you're overcoming. So um, you got to live outside that comfort zone and constantly be trying to break through the ceiling. You know, uh, something else that I, I was, I've been drawn to you about Rick is um, uh, very similar to myself is every business I first, I, this is my third, I would say official grown up business. I've done all kinds of side hustles and I'll, you know, <laughs> try different things, but uh, my alarm company, my mortgage company, and now my you know, sales organization, all of them, I started on accident and all mm -hmm. of them, I started with a, without any qualification. Mm -hmm. It was just, I, I think I can do this. I can make this work. And yeah. I jumped into the opportunity and, and I, you know, you've done similar things, especially with your company. Um, what, what's the thing about you that made that, that, that made that make sense? Um, it's passion for it. You have to be obsessed about it. You have to love it. You have to believe in it. Um, to make anything work it is an incredible amount of work. Um, especially for those first five years, um, that quick success is not real. Um, that's something that really helped me get this going. You know, when I was sitting in my, my marketing class and my MBA, you know, the light bulb moment came off and, you know, the professor said, you know, I was in, I was in the sales role. He said, handwritten notes had a 99% open rate. And I just thought it was such a good idea, but really when that, you know, seizure they call it the entrepreneurial seizure when that moment comes over you and you just feel all these emotions and excitement for what you're doing is when you see it work. So I think when um, an entrepreneur tests the product, they see how it works and um, they believe in it, you get really excited about it. But the problem is, is just, you know, understand that excitement's going to fade. <laughs> when you start like lifting up, you know, picking up rocks, like, Oh, like this is going to be a really hard thing to overcome. And then you got to figure out how to get over it. And then the next step, like, Oh, what's behind this door. Oh, that's a really hard obstacle to overcome too. Um, but I just think you got to be really passionate about your product. You have to be really disciplined in your lifestyle. Um, and you have to be so committed to the purpose of what you're doing that nothing's going to shake you. And I think that's, what's really helped me be successful. Yeah. You know, I heard this quote two different times in my life and it's interesting. One was when I first, the first day I showed up for, uh, my, you know, at Sac City for my Sac or junior college baseball. And, uh, you know, coach told us today is going to be the most excited you're ever going to be because from here on out it's work. And yeah. <laughs> you know, I made it and then, oh crap, now I got to go earn it. Yeah. And, uh, and then I've also heard John Maxwell talk about that in leadership. When you, when you pull the new team together and you, and you, you, you share a vision and this moment is the most excited you're ever going to be about it. Cause now it's about the work. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, that's a, that's definitely how it is. And starting a business that you're excited to get started, but um, you know, seeing all those athletes on TV, you don't realize, or these, you know, these um, uh, what do you call it? Actors. They've gone through decades, <laughs> decades right. of failure, trying and failing, trying and failing. Well, try, fail, improve, try, fail, improve. Right. Um, and it's always funny, like that, that feeling you have when you start something, but it's the people that can, you know, keep going when that feeling is gone because that, that feeling is going to be gone <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I want to start talking about, I want to talk about your company. Um, but the, the one, one last thing before we talk about the specifics mm-hmm. is again, as somebody who started, like you said, jumped into a company that you did not really, you did not have, you were not the expert. You're not the technical mm-hmm. expert, et cetera. Um, how do you turn that into a win by stepping into a space that you're unfamiliar and now you're, you've got something that's, that's rolling. Well, I think, uh, you know, I talk to my wife about this all the time and she's the one that actually tells this to me. She sees it more than, than I do. She's like, you know, entrepreneurs, there's just entrepreneurships in your blood. Um, you know, I think what makes a really good entrepreneur is somebody that can understand what their strengths are. And for me, it's sales and marketing. I just, I'm really good at, you know, just sales and marketing. I wasn't good at building websites or building robots or building software. I had to find people to do that. But um, in order to be successful, you have to you have to be able to build a team around you that's going to help you go far. If you want to go fast, you can go alone. But if you want to build a business that's going to be a, an awesome business and thrive and hopefully be something that can be acquired someday, that's you know the goal of our company. Is you have to build a really great team, really good a lot of systems and processes, and you just have to set up those goals and attack them. But what I what we've been really good at is finding the right people, basically researching, developing, and attacking what we want to go after um, and having the right people to help us do it. But yeah, I'm, I'm no expert in robotics or building software or, or trying to figure out how to do tens of thousands of handwritten notes a day in a warehouse. I had to hire a lot of people. So <laughs> it costs a lot of money. Ignorance can cost a lot. So make sure before you jump into something, you really do think it all the way through, but um, it's been really fun. And I think anybody who's a true entrepreneur is going to be excited about whatever opportunity they're going to go into because all the growth that comes out of it. Um, there's nothing like it. You know, you're going to get 40 years of ex- of growth out of five years of being an entrepreneur. Um, and I would never, I wouldn't trade that for any other career um, out there. Um, it's been very rewarding doing what we've been doing for the last almost hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, firm believer. I, I don't know anything that develops you more as a human yeah. in, in entrepreneurship. Well, it develops you technically, <laughs> mentally, emotionally. <laughs> like it's going to test you on every level. Um, you know, you're going to have all those nights, like those sleepless nights, and you're going to have all those doubts and you got to learn how to overcome all of that. And that security of that W2, <laughs> it's not there. So you got to wake up and make it happen every day. So simply noted, um, first, you know, tell, tell us what is simply noted so the listeners can understand. And then why did you put everything on the line to start this business with no experience, jump into something with, because you were, what was the need that you were solving? Yeah. So great question. So simply noted is a handwritten notes platform. And what that means is that we've built the world's only purposely built writing robot, um, we spent over $850,000 into this uh, amazing technology. But what we do is help companies integrate and automate. So think of like a, you know, a payroll system or like a 
a web form or a CRM or whatever, when things are happening, we can help people automate it, birthdays, anniversaries. So we help companies automate it or scale it. So like right now we're in the holidays, you know, companies are sending tens of thousands of holiday cards to their employees or customers. So, you know, we help them integrate, automate it or scale it. And really why this was uh, started really was just a need. Um, when I was in that marketing class, uh, you know, I was trying to think of ways to be more successful. I was trying to apply everything that I was absorbing in my MBA. And um, I had a marketing professor said, going through, you know, a lot of the marketing stuff, direct mail, the cold call, you know, email, digital, everything was super nominal, very low. And he ended the lecture saying, handwritten notes have a 99% open rate. And I was like, and I was knocking on doors trying to get doctors to talk to me. And I was like, man, if I can get in front of that doctor 99% of the time, like I'm going to be so much more successful. So um, what we did is we flew some technology in from South America, worked with a mailing house here in Phoenix, flew a rope, like a cheap little robot in from China. And after about a month of trying to get this thing to work and putting together some handwritten notes, we sent them out like really fake, really bad early on, <laughs> really bad product. But we sent them out to some doctors that I, I, I couldn't work or I wasn't working with. And I got 28 doctors to call me back, which was, you know, as a sales rep, having a customer call you is a big deal. And these doctors were like, like, first off, like, hey, Rick, this is really cool. Like, nobody ever sends me a handwritten note. So they were automatic, like, I automatically was on their good side, right? Because I was impressing them with something that wasn't normal. And they're like, hey, this offer sounds good. Like, let's set up a lunch and talk about it. And of those 28 handwritten notes or what have or responses, I got $280,000 in sales when my monthly quota was about $50,000. My whole team was going nuts. My company's going nuts. Like I was going nuts. Like that's when like the entrepreneurial seizure was like, this is it. This could be a business. I knew it would work. I got $20,000 in commission. I was like, business is on autopilot. Like, let's go. This is going to work. And I just saw a need. I was just like, business is so impersonal. It's always an ass. It's all digital. It's all noise. Like there's nothing out there like this. So I got to work, did some research. There was a company that's no longer around that was focusing on the wedding industry. I was just like, that is the worst thing you should do because there's bridezillas. Anybody who's been married and planned a wedding gets that. <laughs> and then there was like a, a company that's still around today, but they're more focused on B2C. And I was like, that is terrible too. Like people don't have the budgets. Like, why isn't anybody doing this for business? Like they have the systems, the processes, the budgets. So yeah, it's been fun. I just, I believed in it so much. You know, I grew up without a phone. I got a, a cell phone when I was 16. So ha writing handwritten notes was, you know, common. Like coaches who recruited me sent me handwritten notes. Those are keepsakes. Um, I played for the, the San Francisco 49ers in 2012. So when, when I left Jim Harbaugh sent me a handwritten note, like that's literally nice. like in my bookcase at, in my, my office at home. So it's like, it is just such an appreciated, powerful thing that we can do in an era where it's, it's so impersonal nowadays, it's all digital, you know? So I just, you know, I don't know. As, as you say that, that's a trip because my daughter and I had a little struggle, like about 15 years ago and we didn't talk for a couple of years. And then she wrote me a father's day note a couple of years later. I still have it. It's right here. I yeah. keep it on my desk. You know? Right. It's like, it's, it's, it's empowering. It's powerful. It's, it's, it's emotional. It connects with you differently. Right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it, it just does. It, you know, and um, 
it, it just, I don't know, to me, it just means more. I mean, I have, you know, I got, we have all of our reporting and every, we have all our dashboards and all of our digital, but I have all my sales tracking stuff right here on flip charts on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, I just touch tangibility yeah. Yeah. to me matters. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. I mean, everything we do is genuine. It's real pen, right? There's a lot of companies out there that will do like a laser printed font, but we're just, you know, we're one tiny step below, you know, if you were actually doing it, but um, yeah, you know, if we're doing our job right, it's going to look as authentic as possible. It's going to look like you sent it. So that feeling that you have right there with that handwritten note, we're trying to automate that and scale that for our clients. Awesome. Amen. Um, so what's the real payoff on this then? You know, I mean, why it, it's cool business, great, you know, it, like you got, you carved out your own niche, um, but, but why does this matter? I just think it's something that's not around. Um, well, starting a business, number one, was extremely important to me. I wanted to prove that I can do it. Um, you know, I wanted to challenge myself. And this was the best way to challenge yourself as a, a young adult is try to build a product, build a company, um, and see if you can be successful doing it. But I just believe so much in the product. It's, it's, um, it's the last thing you know, really in the world that I believe that people think that can be genuinely automated. Like you can automate everything else, emails, text, phone calls, voicemails, gifts, like, but it all looks like it was automated, you know, this doesn't. So um, I just think there's a real need for it, uh, especially today, um, especially after post COVID, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the interactions are, are not in person as much anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like people are craving something that's more, you know, tangible and personal these days. Definitely. So how can people get a chance to, to check this out? And who's the right person that, that you know, do you do, you do is it most beneficial for somebody who's doing a volume play or does this work for small business too? So yeah, our website's great for anybody. Um, so simply noted.com. Anybody can go on there and send one card, create their own card. Um, you know, we try to help businesses just because they have the systems in place to, to automate it. So they're more of like an ongoing client. But our website's great for anybody to send one, send 10, 500. Um, you know, a lot of our corporate accounts will contact us directly so we can be a little bit more hands-on. But if they go to, if you guys go to our page, you know, our Simply Noted homepage, just in the top right-hand corner, you can request a free sample. And we actually do a really nice job of putting together this big kit that we send you before you even spend a dollar with us. Um, lots of handwriting samples, you know, uh, case studies, writing styles, different you know, things, you know, flyers and stuff. So I would just advise anybody who's remotely interested to to go request a handwriting sample, because if you don't need it now, there's gonna be a time in the next six to 12 months, like, Hey, you know, I need to send that handwritten card and I don't have a stamp. I'll just go to these guys and let them take care of it for me. You know, we, we have not had the opportunity to engage um, the the simply noted process yet, but I, um, we're definitely, I'm definitely attracted to it. Um, but here's another perspective on it, guys, just to think about this. We, we just, Cindy and I just got a, a message from a client uh, just a couple of days ago. We sent out, we sent out uh, cards to everybody there and we send them out individually and we always put something custom on it. So they don't ever feel like this was a blast. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a client to just call and left, called us the other day because she got a call, a card for Thanksgiving. And she thought it was just going to be a, Hey, happy Thanksgiving from gain the edge. And she turned it over. She had just done a TED talk and she turned it over and there was a picture of her with her TED talk, her logo. And it was, congratulations. We're proud mm-hmm. of you. you. Right. And 
it, it, it moved her because she was like, wow, you guys are you paying attention to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and obviously it wasn't the handwritten note, but it was it was, but that's what the handwritten note does, right? It gives that yeah. I'm I taking the time to do something for you. Yeah. Yep. Like, and that's really, you know, what is hard to do nowadays is everybody's being pulled in different directions. So it's hard to give people five minutes. So um, I think that's like what you were just explaining. This is showing that you're paying attention and that you care. And it's just a, a meaningful, thoughtful way of doing it. Amen. So what would be your, your wisdom to people who are listening, who are hungry, wanting to solve problems, wanting to you know, take a, take a piece of the burden of the marketplace. Um, but it's a little fearful right now. Yes. You know, I was, you know, just get started. Just the the thing I tell to anybody who wants to start a business, you're never going to have all the answers. We're five years in and every time you solve a problem, there's going to be three new problems to figure out. So just getting started is the most important thing that you can do because you don't, it's just like compound interest, you know, just a little bit of work every day adds up. And before you know it, after 12 months, you're going to be so incredibly proud and shocked of how far you came versus if you tried to wait 12 months and try to figure it all out. So I tell everybody, um, get started because it's, it, it's what it's going to take is just work. Um, you're never going to have it all figured out. Also, you know, be really, you know, don't take massive risks. Don't, you know, I, I, I follow the, the bullets and bowling ball technique. You know, you do fire a bunch of, you know, you have one bowling ball, you have one, say you have $10,000 to start a business, you know, make $50 investments, $100 investments, test, 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 until you can point that cannon exactly where you need to go. And you have that one ball to, to fire. So um, do a lot of tests before you go crazy and go, you know, make some massive investment. Um, yeah, but I would say those are the three things I would recommend anybody who's thinking about starting a business. Awesome. So uh, go to simplynoted.com. Um, all of Rick's information will be in the show notes so you can get access to him uh, on LinkedIn, uh, all the places to find him, and as well as uh, get to Simply Noted. Go check it out. Just just look at doing business a little differently. And I cannot uh, make enough of a of a stand and a statement for not trying, don't lose connection with the human side of business. And we, mm-hmm. were, we were trying to digitize ourselves out of everything. And we got to hang on to the few things that we can still do to keep people feeling important and unique and special in business. Cause uh, otherwise we're all heading in the wrong place. That's well said. I couldn't have said it any better. Outstanding. Rick Elmore, appreciate you, man. Uh, really glad you uh, you stopped by the show and uh, for the opportunity makers out there. And you are definitely an opportunity maker and uh, see it well and uh, looking forward to the next version or the next iteration or what comes after this. So uh, excited for it and appreciate the time and good luck in 2023. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Opportunity Makers. If you've heard something that connected with you, please share this episode with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to go to Apple to leave a review. Head on over to GainTheEdgeNow.com to connect with Jim and his team. And remember, there's no such thing as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Opportunities.